Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Research that resonates. Schweitzer has not been wrong on any of his years and years of reporting on the Bidens. Investigations that matter. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But that's, you know, I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that, uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. The only entities, the only people that would report on this... And Peter Schweizer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view. This is The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer. Hi, this is Peter Schweitzer, and welcome to The Drill Down, where we relentlessly expose cronyism, corruption, and the abuse of power. And seated next to me is our co-host, the co-pilot, Eric Eggers. He's the vice president at the Government Accountability Institute and author of the book, Fraud. So, Eric, uh, let me ask you a really basic fundamental question. When you hear the word retreat, what comes to mind? Ooh, that's a great question. Uh, you know, having just returned from England, initially my thought would be something about like the Revolutionary War and how like the Redcoats, you know, had to, had to, you know, were beaten back by American imperialistic might. Uh, but unfortunately, on a more personal level, when I think of retreat, the first thing that comes to mind is my hairline. It is even <laughs> it is. worse than the Redcoats. <laughs> Welcome to middle age. Brother. Welcome <laughs> to middle age. Well, when we usually think about a retreat, uh, at least I visualize it as something fast, uh, something that's moving quickly. Yeah. But what about a retreat with a thousand small steps? What about a subtle, slow retreat, an incremental retreat? So that's not a retreat to me. That's erosion. Yeah, erosion could be yeah. another way to look at it. Yeah. Um, it's it's a speed question, but it's moving back from one position, falling back to another. And it can happen quickly and suddenly. That's the one we notice. But it can happen in a series of incremental steps. Sure. And when it comes to China, that's essentially what the Biden administration is doing. Uh, we'll call it a retreat with a thousand small steps. Uh, and, you know, we're going to dissect this today. We're going to unpack it, look at it through several elements. But the bottom line is when it comes to China, the Biden administration kind of talks tough, but they've been making a series of small retreats or concessions to Beijing. And the stunning part of this to me, Eric, is they've been getting nothing in return. These are essentially giveaways that Beijing's uh, pocketing. And it's quite remarkable. And the fundamental question is, is why is this exactly going on? And, and I think it's important for people to understand why we're talking about, you know, retreats or erosion in China and the Biden administration, because it's been, you know, once again in the news and it's been, you know, how long can we go without talking about Hunter Biden? Well, every time 
there's a new story about more information or more revelations from Hunter's laptop or something similar, then I think it's important that we don't get caught up in the sensationalistic nature of it. Although, right, right. you know, look, escorts and some nudity, it's sensationalist on its face. But um, I think we try to be as a family friendly program, but also one that's sober minded and, and talks about things in like a relevant way. Like seeing pictures of escorts doesn't matter to everyday Americans. Yeah, look, I, you know, shocking revelation. Hunter Biden has a drug problem and a series of associated other problems. We've known that. And you could argue that there are security implications, sure. right? Maybe he could be subject to blackmail. He's not going to be blackmailed on that anymore because everybody knows about it, right? <laughs> right. It's out there. It's in the Daily Mail. It's yeah. in the New York at, Post. At this point, anything he could be blackmailed about <laughs> is truly terrifying. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so the, the the reason this is relevant, however, uh, and has always been the case for us, is it's not just about Hunter Biden. It's the fact that Hunter Biden is the son of the former vice president of the United States, the current president of the United States. Uh, and the question is, is do his commercial activities, his financial ties to China reflect in some way on Joe Biden's policy or posture towards China? And we want to unpack that today. We want to first talk about the new revelations that have come out on the Bidens in China recently. This just kind of builds on the record that we've had before. Yeah, and by the way, these are not the things that generate the headlines, right? The headlines right. are the pictures, the drugs, right. the the illicit material. But I think this is why it's important for you to understand, A, why it matters. That's actually not really relevant. What is relevant is other things that were exposed, no pun intended, at the time <laughs> and uh, and what it actually means and, and why we can then connect it. And I think you do a great job of this is connecting to actual policy that has real world ramifications and unfortunately also national security implications right. for the United States in not a positive way. Right. Exactly. I mean, my view has always been sort of the personal let's say proclivities or activities of the first family is generally their business unless it spills into this area. And I think it definitely has. So I, I very much appreciate your charitable <laughs> nature of uh, allowing a wide berth for personal failure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, cause I've been there before, not in the same ways that Hunter has, but I have been there before, but we're going to first talk about the new revelations uh, involving the Bidens in China. Then we're going to talk about what's been happening with Biden's China policy. And let's just say up front, um, I think a good rule in general when it comes to politics is don't listen to what politicians say, right. listen to what they actually do. And that certainly is going to apply as we discuss his policy towards China, because even Chinese officials have looked at kind of Biden's tough rhetoric. Uh, and one official from the China Institute of International Studies in Beijing said that they ignore the statements because Joe Biden is, quote unquote, cleansing himself of the soft on China accusations. So the words don't matter, the policy. So we're going to look at what's happening in policy. And then finally, we're going to see, are they related? Are these revelations are the Biden relationships with China somehow related to the policy retreat that we're seeing from the Biden administration? And to your point, as it relates specifically to how China looks at tough rhetoric, I think you've said before, they even have like a mindset for no, 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 there's a difference between sometimes it's we get that it's strategically beneficial for people to say things that might seem challenging, because we know the actions actually gonna be more beneficial to us. Like yeah. that's part of their business model. Yeah, big, uh, big help with a little bad mouth is the way they put put it. They don't mind people bad mouth them and saying certain things is, are they helping them some substantively? So I know you've been on vacation at an undisclosed location, but there has been some news this last week. And I know that you follow these things, even when you are enjoying a, a foreign locale. So 
one of the things that came out involves President Joe Biden um, and the fact that this report that just came out based on the laptop material that Hunter Biden had met with his father at least 30 times in the White House or the vice president's residence during those years. How does that line up with what Joe Biden claims uh, is his relationship with Hunter Biden and his lack of knowledge to his son's business dealings? What I think it does is it validates everything Joe Biden has said about uh, his lack of knowledge. Explain, please. Wait, actually, no, that's not true. (laughs) I got that one dead wrong, as did Joe Biden, Uh, because, in fact, what it basically says is that Joe Biden, uh, you know, I read this really great. Gatestone Institute article mm. uh, by Peter Schweitzer about this. No, but it basically says that Joe Biden's been lying about everything he said since 2018 because this voicemail that there's so, n- numerous things. Number one, that the records show that Joe Biden um, or that Hunter Biden was going to the White House 30 times immediately after right. his trips, right? And that- timing is key. As we always say, they say timing matters in comedy. It also matters in politics. And this is what's surprising to me is this, the, the calendar shows that Hunter Biden would meet with oligarchs from Russia or China. And then like within a matter of day or yeah, so, yeah. he'd be at the vice presidential residence. Like, do you That's not, have not a, a coincidence. Yeah. Not, you don't have nowhere else to go. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just come back from London town. Hey, hey Papa, I want to tell you about my travels. <laughs> right. No, I know. It's weird. Uh, and then the other thing, too, and this is the key, right? So it's not just the relationships, but money. What You know, right. follow the money. So this guy, Eric Schwerin, who is the president of Hunter Biden's investment company, is on 21 of the 30 calendar meetings and there's right. you know according to the laptop green checks sort of verifying or validating his presence in these things right so you got you got hunter biden going overseas meeting with different people coming back and it, within days meeting with his father right. at the white house right and his business partner is there for the majority of those meetings right exactly in other words hunter biden's not showing up with his wife or with his kids or with you know another family member, his uncle. He's showing up with his business partner, Eric Schwerin. And why he's interesting is not just because he's in these meetings. Remember, Eric Schwerin is the sort of the money bag guy. He's the guy that is communicating with Hunter Biden saying, hey, your dad has to have his mortgage paid. He's the guy that's moving money around. So, I mean, this is an intertwined um, uh, uh, cabal. Uh, of people who are engaged in business activities overseas that are coming and meeting with the second most powerful man in the United States. Uh, and they are there clearly to talk about business because Eric Schwerin is there. And I think that's the key is it's not just Hunter Biden's money guy. Right. It's Hunter based on the emails we know, right? Yeah. It's Hunter and Joe Biden's exactly. money guy. Exactly. And so there, so the, Hunter goes, meets with people, comes back to the White House while dad's vice president, right? Immediately after, and their money guy, their business guys who they meet with. Now, are you suggesting that somehow they're not just showing him pictures from the foreign travels. Can I just tell you, uh, <laughs> one time, I don't know if you've ever been like trapped in one of those situations. Oh yeah. I was trapped. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say it was, but somebody went to Japan and they came back. It was like over two hours. Was worth it really? How oh, many pictures? How many goodness. pictures? Oh, wait, two hours worth, obviously. Yeah. Oh, oh man. So hundreds, hundreds and of pictures. heavily narrated. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe that's what Hunter did. No, yeah. I doubt that. I doubt that. We know the pictures that Hunter takes. Um, they're on the laptop, and I don't think those are photos that his father particularly would want to see. But the bottom line is that's the first revelation uh, that came out was a series of meetings, which confirms reporting that we have done for a long time, uh, talking about meetings that Hunter Biden had with his father 
how he traveled on Air Force Two over to China to set up those initial deals. But those meetings are important. The second revelation is the voicemail. Mm. Uh, and this is kind of interesting. This got a lot of attention. I think part of it is just because you actually hear Joe Biden's voice. Tell us about the voicemail and why you think it's important. Yeah, it's definitely important. But also, can we just get back to like, what's a voicemail doing on a laptop? I right. I mean, is this like, is it an iCloud account? Or is this like you can get into it? I mean, I have some voicemails that I just forget to delete. He, sh- he this, These are voicemails that he actually transferred to the laptop. And so for some reason, he's keeping his dad's voicemails yeah. on his laptop. And that to me makes it even more meaningful, right? Because right. it's a relevant voicemail and it's almost like hey this is some form of protection if it ever comes out i mean it's it seems uh, notable that this was saved but the voicemail says hey pal it's dad right it's 8 15 on wednesday night if you get a chance just give me a call nothing urgent i just want to talk to you um i thought the article released online is going to be printed in tomorrow's times was good i think you're clear and anyway if you get a chance give me a call love you and so this is the key the article he's referring to is an article in 2014 that came out in the New York Times about the Biden's relationships with China. Right. And specifically the efforts of China to court the Biden family and like bring them into this network, which again is part of what they do, right? Yeah. Like we yeah. know that China is very much in the business of forming relationships with relatives of important figures. You've written several books about this. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and doing so not just because they're pro-capitalism, but because they find it's a great way to intermingle relationships, to gain political leverage. And as we'll talk about, they also do it with companies because they're trying to steal things. Like right. it's part of their espionage strategy. Exactly. Exactly. Here's the thing that I find so interesting about this voicemail. Two things. First of all, the fact it's just further evidence that Joe Biden did in fact know about his right. son's business dealings. But here's the second thing that just kind of blows my mind. So the New York Times article details how CEFC, this Chinese energy company, was paying gobs of money to Hunter Biden, yep. millions of dollars. Now, CEFC, as the article points out, is linked to the Chinese military. The article also points out the arrest of a senior CEFC official on bribery and possible espionage charges. Irrelevant. So, so that is all in the article. But here's the thing that blows my mind. This is all in the article. Hunter's getting, <laughs> the guy gets arrested by the FBI. His first call is to Joe Biden's brother, James Biden. Looking for get, Hunter. Looking for Hunter. And Joe Biden reads this article and says, I think you're clear. <laughs> I think things are fine. We thought it was going to be way worse than no, that. Exactly. Imagine I mean, if they really knew what was happening. Why would you have that reaction? I mean, my reaction would be, son, we have got to talk. What is going on? Why are you doing business deals with this with these guys? Hunt, Joe Biden says to Hunter, I think you're clear. And anyway, if you get a chance, give me a call. I love you. So here I was thinking you were charitable about people's personal failures. Turns out Joe Biden's way more charitable. (laughs) That's pretty clear. His own and other people's. There's no question about that. So this is the new evidence that's come out. It builds on the foundation that we really at GAI laid beginning in 2018 that shows tens of millions of dollars have gone to the Bidens beginning when Joe Biden was point person on U.S. policy towards China. Uh, It further reinforces that. um, And it's very, very clear. Joe Biden knew about the relationships. He benefited, as we've talked about before, he received, you know, uh, subsidies from his son uh, and uh, that Hunter Biden was meeting regularly with his dad after he was meeting with foreign investors. So let's go to the second phase of this discussion. Well, before we do, can I just ask you this? Because those seem like really big deals. Yes. I mean, they they seem like we're sort of casually, laughingly, you know, referencing them, but that 
that we now have further evidence that Hunter Biden is going overseas, do, you know, hooking up business deals internationally, and then coming back and essentially sort of meeting with his business partner and Joe's money guy right. in the White House and talking to Joe about it, presumably, just based right. on the time of it. Right. And the fact that we now have evidence that Joe Biden definitively knew about this, has known about these things for nearly a decade. Right. Do you think that if it wasn't like July, that this would be a bigger deal? I mean, because it, it's summertime, right? it just seems sort of sleepier, people on vacation, or, or do you feel like it wouldn't be covered as a big deal just because media collusion, partisan, fervor? Yeah, that I, I think I think the July explanation you're offering is being very charitable to yeah. the media. I mean, think of any other uh, political figure, especially those that are on the on the political right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Trump or you know uh, Mitch McConnell or Republican leaders in the House and Senate. Imagine if any one of them had a adult child who was traveling to Russia, uh, getting deals and getting tens of millions of dollars from Russian guys linked to Putin. And then they were coming and there was evidence that that this politician benefited from that Russian money, was pocketing rubles, uh, was having regular consults. Would not the New York Times and Washington Post and everybody else be making a big deal? Of course they would. They made a big deal out of a single meeting in Trump Tower involving Russia and officials and Jared Kushner and one of the Trump sons. And by the way, in my mind, that's a legitimate story. Maybe it was overhyped. I think it was, but it's a legitimate story. They're not touching any of this. We're talking about the most powerful man in the world, the leader of the free world, the person who's making monumental decisions as it relates to our policy towards China. You've got all this corruption, all the self-enrichment, uh, and they don't seem to have any interest in covering it. It's it's just truly stunning. They don't dispute the stories. They don't challenge the stories. They just ignore them and pretend that they don't exist. Right. And I think that actually makes the nature of what I think you're positioning as our retreat by a thousand small steps to China all the more notable, right? Because it's like, that's sort of how you can get away with it. You can get right. away with the fact that we've got the president's son who's been on the Chinese payroll, essentially. And now we have evidence he's been coming back and talking to his father about it. Right. And Joe's known about it for a long time. And now Joe's president. Yeah. And we've seen if it, if it was like, hey, all of a sudden we're going to start speaking Chinese like that would get some headlines. But then people <laughs> might right. might start connecting some dots. But the way in which our policy towards China has changed subtly, but also significantly makes it easier for things to fall off the radar. Exactly. So, I mean, look, if the Bidens were to come out and say, if Joe Biden said as president, hey, President Xi, you can have Taiwan. Please take it. Obviously, that would set off alarm bells. They're not going to do that. But what you do see is a series of small steps. And let's just kind of run through these briefly. Uh, You know, the the, uh, Trump administration put in an an executive rule, which I think was very, very important and very good, had a lot of bipartisan support that said American large investors could not own stock in Chinese companies that were placed on a blacklist because they had ties to the Chinese military. Pretty straightforward, right? We don't want big American investment firms owning shares in companies that are part of the Chinese military industrial complex. Because it would be benefiting our geopolitical rival, like specifically from a military and national security standpoint. Exactly. Their guns are are pointed at us. So here's what the Trump, sorry, what the Biden administration did was their treasury department created a quote unquote interpretation that said, "Mm, yeah, it's okay. You can still own the shares in the company. Huge major gain for China. Got very little attention and notice because it's a small sort of esoteric thing. But you're talking about tens of billions of dollars 
that can be continue to be invest in the Chinese economy linked to the Chinese military. It also and, speaks to like a shift in the mental posture of the administration, right? Yes. I mean, the Trump administration, there's a reason why you don't want to do it, not just from a money standpoint. Like, no, those guys are threats to us. Exactly. But the Biden administration says, eh, maybe yeah. not. Yeah, exactly. And so that's a major concession the Biden administration has given to China. What did China give in return? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. So let's go on to the second one. Uh, the Biden administration canceled the so-called China initiative at the Department of Justice that was designed to crack down on Chinese attempts to acquire or steal American technology. They just discontinued the program. Amazing. And again, did they get a concession in return? Did China say we're going to stop stealing or make some material progress in that direction? No. And what's wild about that is the Department of Justice, I mean, made numerous arrests of Chinese they spies. They did. While Barack Obama was president. Right. So, That's I mean, right. Joe Biden was vice president. So this is not just, oh, it's a Democrat thing versus a Republican thing. No, Democrats like actively targeted and said, no, we see these things are. So it's not like the Biden administration was unaware of China's ongoing efforts to conduct espionage, steal secrets, steal technology and otherwise undermine our national integrity. Well, as you pointed out, as we were discussing this before, they took this uh, this uh, canceling of the China initiative, the FBI and Britain's MI5, which is their right. equivalent, uh, actually came out with a statement a couple weeks ago. What was their take on Chinese espionage in contrast to the lackadaisical approach of the uh, Biden administration? This is a direct quote from Chris Ray, the head of our F FBI, and it is sort of notable and kind of unprecedented that both the FBI and MI5 would issue a joint press release and joint joint statement on this. Chris Ray says, quote, the Chinese government is set on stealing your technology, whatever it is that makes your industry tick and using it to undercut your business and dominate your market. And the head of the British intelligence service said that the Chinese officials are operating in a, quote, coordinated campaign on a grand scale. And he noted this is a strategic contest. And this is the key part across decades. Like right. this isn't something that started Wednesday. Like right. this, this is what they do. Yeah, it's long term. <laughs> it's part of their essential nature. And uh, the Biden administration got rid of the China initiative at the Department of Justice designed to crack down on this very thing. So you've got investing in Chinese military companies is okay. You've got, hey, we're going to suspend this DOJ program to crack down on Chinese attempts to acquire or steal our technology. The Biden administration also said we are going to get rid of tariffs on solar panels made in Asian companies who are assembled to repackage solar panels that are actually made in China. So they basically said, we're going to get rid of these restrictions, which of course is going to decimate the American solar panel industry and is going to make us more dependent on Chinese solar panels. Which is both good for China, right? Potentially right. bad for U.S. green energy technology. Right. And um, and also, by the way, this key fact, like this is one of the things, too, there's this tension between, hey, how much do we crack down on uh, human rights abuses that we know are happening in China? And because of John Kerry and the, the commitment to green energy stuff, yeah. we basically overlook that because we need China to come to the table to participate in any clean energy technology initiatives, which, oh, by the way, they won't even have to do based on the current agreement for till 2050. Exactly. So let me ask you a tough question. Yeah. Do you think Biden got a concession in an exchange for getting rid of those tariffs on solar? I'm power? sure he did. I'm sure that uh, you know China said, okay, we'll actually cut all of our carbon emissions in our country by 2040. <laughs> or we'll get rid of subsidies for our solar. Yeah. No, 
nothing, no concessions, no concessions on allowing military investments to continue, no concessions on getting rid of the China initiative at the Department of Justice, no concessions on the green energy tariff removal. Uh, the Biden administration has also signaled that it's going to go further uh, it signaled its intention to remove or lift other tariffs imposed by the Trump administration on Chinese products. Uh, again, you would think if you were going to be effective at diplomacy, you would expect China to give you something in return. Okay, you get rid of these tariffs, we'll end our subsidies. But all the reporting so far is this is going to be a unilateral move by the Biden administration, uh, that they're not expecting any concessions in return. Okay. Now this is where I think you become a bit of a polemicist because <laughs> I think you're overlooking one key thing that okay. China has done. What's that? And I think I get them a little more credit, you know, let's put some respect on their name. Okay. So you got this whole Ukraine Russian military initiative, obviously the, and being in Europe was interesting to still see like they're flying Ukraine flags yep. still, I mean, they're still very much sympathetic to this Russian invasion. Um, isn't it true? And should we not give China more credit for basically, I think at the urging of the Biden administration, China has refused to ship and aid Russia as, you know, Russia's, you know, committing all these international law violations. And China said, okay, fine, we're going to stop shipping you microchips. We're going to stop helping and actively aiding you. Shouldn't we not give China more credit for that? You, you must be reading official Chinese state media. <laughs> That's what I imagine you're doing, because actually the opposite uh, has happened. Now, uh, this is another example of the Biden administration just giving a concession, another retreat. Joe Biden said in March, uh, as the Russians moved in uh, to Ukraine, that if China provided material support to Russia, uh, that there would be, quote, implications and consequences. And China said, OK, Joe, we get it. We're backing off. Just right. like me in an argument domestically. I'm like, fine, <laughs> fine. <laughs> Whatever you want, sweetheart. Uh, yeah, actually, the Wall Street Journal recently reported that since the Russian invasion of Ukraine, quote, Chinese companies have increased the export of microchips and other electronic components and raw materials to cover the needs of the Russian uh, military, end quote. Uh, microchip shipments have doubled, oh. have doubled since the invasion, undermining Western sanctions against Moscow. That is actually not what the Beijing Times reported. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to break it to you. Sometimes you cannot trust the media, even the Chinese state media. So another example of a retreat, we could go on and on. We'll just mention uh, a, a couple of others. Uh Huawei, a Chinese tech company that's linked to the Chinese military, has been in the crosshairs of the United States and seven other governments who see it as an as part of their spying apparatus. Uh, the Biden administration has signaled a friendlier attitude towards Huawei and contracting issues. Same thing as it relates to ByteDance, who owns TikTok. Um, a lot of concerns about privacy, about uh, you know the fact that uh, information is going to be transferred to Beijing. Uh, the Biden administration is backing off. Uh, on a lot of the uh, issues and uh, policy prescriptions that have been laid out by the Trump administration. And again, all of these small retreats that in and of and by themselves may not seem like a lot, but when you add them all up, zero concessions that we have received from China in exchange. It is a retreat. This is not a diplomatic uh, effort at, at jointly coming to a solution. So I think it's important for people to understand just as a as sort of a takeaway from this, um, you know, it's challenging to consume information in a way that puts things into the proper context, right? Just because we're bombarded all the yes. time by small things. And I think sometimes 
you read a thing. Oh, here's the latest Hunter Biden revelation. Like, so it's a picture or something. Right. And people, are, okay, like, and eventually, just like the Russian Ukraine war, people sort of tune out, right? Like, in fact, it's been reported recently that searches for Ukraine are down like 98% from when they yep. were yep. Uh, earlier this year, right? Yep. So people are sort of like losing it. And I think on the Hunter Biden stuff, sometimes there's a tendency to do that. They know it matters, kind of. They, they know it should matter, but why? And I think it's important. So big picture, like just the last two weeks, we have information that has done a couple things. Number one, it's proven that Joe Biden has known about Hunter Biden's business relationships for a long time. Number two, we know that Joe Biden is meeting with Hunter Biden and their business manager, yep. essentially, yep. immediately after Hunter comes from these overseas trips where he's building their financial portfolio. Yep. And I think and all that's happening, like the financial relationship with China has been strengthened at a time when our policies towards China, as you pointed out, have been actively being softened by Joe Biden as president in a way that even Barack Obama did not do. Exactly. That's exactly right. And and I think you make a really important point here about the Hunter Biden coverage. I would say in a Machiavellian way, Uh-oh. if I were working uh, for Team Biden, one of the ways that I would uh, sort of clear the field of the Hunter Biden revelations is I would want as many of these pictures, mm-hmm. as many of these videos, as many of these crack memes out there because it clouds the, the field. It makes it hard to focus on what's important. So what I would just encourage people when you're consuming information, don't worry about that stuff. It's ridiculous. Move on. We all know the problems that Hunter has in a way it makes him a more sympathetic figure because when it comes to some of the charges that he's facing from this grand jury, I can guarantee you the defense is going to say, look, he has substance abuse issues. He has problems. Please don't pick on poor Hunter. So put all that stuff away. It's irrelevant. What matters is cronyism. Follow the money. That's the bottom line. Well, any closing thoughts on this? I know you're back. You're tanned. You looked rested from your vacation. Uh, any closing thoughts uh, before we close this podcast? Well, I will say I just did not, you know, back to the whole retreat issue. So when um, I was in London and a, you know, I'm a Crystal Palace fan, I got to tour Selhurst Park where they play and I got to sit up there where the press conferences are and act like I was the manager and fe- <laughs> I fielded a few questions. And so just, you know, so just to humanize me. One of the college students that I was with asked me the question. He's like, yeah, sir, is there any chance of your hairline making a comeback? So I said, <laughs> the was, answer? Yeah, absolutely not. not. Not unless I get a substantial raise here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all going to go to your That's hair. right. That's right. Well, we appreciate you joining us as always. Uh, you can find our other podcasts uh, and stories related to our podcasts and our research at thedrilldown.com. And you can find this podcast uh, anywhere where quality podcasts are available. You've been listening to Peter Schweitzer and Eric Eggers. Until next time, thanks so much. 